Well, um, you may know that the Brotherhood of Hope has, uh, three of us have moved here. We live in Dinkytown um, uh, and um, in St. Lawrence Parish. And um, so Brother Ken, who is uh, our, the superior of our community, uh, he is, uh, he's very experienced in campus ministry. And so we're working there at St. Lawrence and uh, uh, the first semester has gone tremendously well. We have Last year they had three in the RCIA. This year they have 25. Uh, our undergraduate retreat in October, we had between 85 and 90 students. Uh, uh, too many students for the facility we're in down in Waterville. Um, and um, another one of our brothers does finances for SPO in, the, in their uh, main office here, downstairs, across the way. Um, and I... Uh, um, I'm the chaplain for SPO in my advanced age, and um, uh, I also do spiritual direction at, at the seminary um, and um, help out the parish and do all kinds of mischief, you know. So, so, uh, um, so you've been hearing, uh, I understand, if that's correct, um, in the last two talks, they were, were focused on emotions directed inwardly. Is that right? Yep. No, it's not yes. right? Oh, okay, yes. okay, all right. So this, this one and the next one is about motions directed outwardly. Namely, and tonight we're going to uh, explore the issue of anger. You know, um, and um, hopefully we can come to a point where we can talk about it. You know, some people are so frightened of anger that they don't talk about it, but um, I don't think that's a very good thing to do. Um, so you have in your outline, I'll try and follow the outline. Uh, if something is not clear, just raise your hand and, and we can, uh, we can uh, uh, go back over something. But I do want to have time with you to, to, uh, to chat about things. You know, because I, um, as, a, as a, a pastor for many, many years, um, and um, I, I've noticed you know, how many people in my life, people that I've met are really angry people. So uh, I think it's a good thing to talk about. Okay, so <clears throat> anger, obviously, number one there. Um, B, takes many forms. Of course, you know them. Um, um, you can go from uh, hauling off and plastering somebody, you know, to, um, to expressing cold resentment or the cold shoulder or the half statement. You know, you can look angrily at people. Um, and so there's lots of different ways. There's lots of different ways to be angry. And, um, but I think it's very important to say uh, in number 1C that anger is a gift from God. You know? It's a primary emotion in many ways, especially amongst males. It's a primary emotion. Uh, and it's, it's a gift from God to us. And it's intended for us to understand it and therefore be able to use it in the Christian life. So all of our emotions, which are God's gifts to us, are intended to, to be able to help us with living the Christian life. And, um, as, and as long as they don't kind of you know, control us, 
there's an immense place for them to play. And so I, I think and anger is certainly one of those. So hopefully we can explore that a little bit tonight. Um, it's a natural human reaction or response to things we don't want to have happen, you know, um, to ourselves or others, or that we want to uh, get rid of in our own lives. Um, so it's a gift of God. Uh, it has its purposes, um, and it can be used well. And hopefully that in our way of living the Christian life, we would use anger well, you know, and to, so that it can achieve the purpose for which God sends it to us. <clears throat> because if you don't, of course, right, what happens is that you push it down and simply simmers, Right? Just just say yes, Father. If you don't know what to say, just say yes, Father. <laughs> uh, you know, it's uh, if you don't do something with it, if you don't understand it, if you don't uh, exercise it properly, and just instead push it down, it simply simmers underneath, and uh, we can live our lives as angry people. You know that beneath the surface, we might be all very Christian, say all very nice things to people. You know, God love you and all the rest, you know, but inside we're seething, you know, with things that have not been addressed in us. And so uh, how to um, grasp this complex emotion so that it serves us well. And so one talk won't do it. OK. All right. One talk won't do it. All right. So if you're expecting this talk to do it, you know, it won't do it. You know? But hopefully we can begin to look at some things here. Um, so the Christian approach to anger, um, it does not automatically condemn it. You know, and there are some citations there from one lines or some from, from Holy Scripture. For example, Ephesians 4.31. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you with all malice. So it acknowledges that it's present and that you have to respond to it. Um, so that's one. Um, or from James 1.19, Know this, my beloved brethren, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Okay, so there's, there's that sense of things. Of that, that, there's a clue in that. There's a clue in that. There's something about the proper use of anger which uses the word slow. No. If, it's, if it's improper, it's a slow burn which I don't know whether you know that, what you know about that, but where I come from in New Jersey, there's a lot of people that have a slow burn. Yes. No. Um, but if it's used slowly, it can often be made into something very, very important for us. Or Proverbs 16, uh, um, I'm sorry, Proverbs 15, 18 says, a hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. <clears throat> and so there's something about it that, um, that cries out for our attention. Some emotions, you know, come upon us very slowly. They come upon us from a distance. But anger oftentimes is out there, you know, and it needs to be paid attention to uh, so that we can use it properly. So if we let anger simply explode, flare up, you know, uh, you get into a lot of trouble with a lot of people. And oftentimes it doesn't do you any good, you know, because you haven't really 
dealt with it well. Um, so <clears throat> hopefully some of the things tonight can help us to do that. Anger, um, we can see in scripture that there is righteous anger. Okay, so there's anger, which is an appropriate response to an, a negating situation, something I don't want, something that shouldn't happen, somebody who's defenseless, who's getting hurt. That's one of the primary ways in which, in which anger is supposed to be used for the defense of the defenseless, um, protection of those who, who, who can't uh, handle a particular situation. You know, anger is, is a very useful thing for there. Um, but there are a number of persons um, who get angry in the scriptures, as you can see there. And one of them is the Lord himself, God himself. I think, you know, it's, um, it's really important to, to tackle this. Because so often in the scriptures you see the phrase, the wrath of God, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. Yes, 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 okay, all right. Uh, so oftentimes in the scriptures you see the phrase, the wrath of God. What the hell does that mean? You know, you might ask, you know, and you should ask, you know, does it mean that God throws a temper tantrum? No, 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 that's right. Yes, it doesn't mean that he throws a temper tantrum. It doesn't mean that he's uh, uh, all happy and content in, in his heavenly glory and something happens and all of a sudden, rah, you know, um, no, no, that's not what the wrath of God means. And it's important for us because it's so often expressed in Scripture. You know, the wrath of God. Like this quotation, for example, from Romans 1.18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and wickedness of people who by their wickedness suppress the truth. And I think what the anger of God is, the wrath of God, is simply the incompatibility between someone who is all good and the absence of it. Someone who is nothing but goodness, nothing but love, nothing but favor, and the incompatibility with that and with its absence in people's lives. I think that's what, in some ways, the wrath of God really is about. Um, and so there's an appropriate place for it. It's, it's not, not bad for us to say every once in a while, you know, Lord, I want to repent for my sins because of the wrath of God. That is the incompatibility between, you know, my selfish, self-centering, self-seeking self you know, and you. And when you, if you read the wrath of God that way in the scriptures, it becomes something that you pay attention to. You, know? you realize, oh, that's appropriate. You know, that's what's truth. That's what's real. You know, God is all good and all loving and all favoring that which he has made, his creation. And so when uh, people or situations negate that, deny that, pursue evil, you know, the conflict between the two of them is, is, is what I think the scripture means when it talks about the wrath of God. Because if you don't see it that way, then you have to have God throwing a temper, temper tantrum. 
There was a great uh, Puritan preacher in New England, uh, Jonathan Edwards, uh, um, in uh, the colonial times. And uh, he was a very powerful preacher in a time when preaching, you were expected to preach for a couple of hours. People came to listen, and they expected you to do that. You know, not this 15-minute Catholic business. You know, um, they expected that, and and he was a powerful example of that. And one of his most famous sermons was "Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God," and he, and that just has played into the contempt that people have for Christianity because they say, "Well, who wants that?" And I don't care whether God is angry. You know. Um, <coughs> And, um, but really, it has to do, I think, more with the sense that it's simply impossible for God's goodness and sin and error to stand together, as it were. You know? uh, and that's what the person experiences from God. So God, therefore, wrath, which is an old-fashioned word for anger, you know, is certainly there. And you'll read it many, 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 many times, especially in the old law. Jesus himself uh, got angry. Uh, remember in, Math, in Mark 3, 5, he's back in, in uh, Nazareth and he's in the synagogue of his hometown. Um, and there was a man, a withered, with a man with a withered hand, you know, and Jesus says, come forward, you know, stretch out your hand. And, and he, he looks around at his audience and he said, is it, is it all right to heal on the Sabbath or not? Which is a work, you know. And they wouldn't say anything. This guy stared at him. And it says there, and he looked around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart. He expected them to say, sure, this poor fellow, his hand doesn't work. Sure, if you can heal him, go ahead, do it. But instead they wouldn't. they, They just stared at him. And it's, and so he looked around with them in anger and grieved at their hardness of heart and said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and it was restored. So Jesus himself, you know, you remember in the New Testament where Jesus speaks at length about some of the religious leadership of his time, the woes, right? You've read the woes? The woes. Never heard the woes. Woes in scripture, all right? In the New Testament, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You're like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly look beautiful, but within they're full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. So he could get very angry, you know? know, Blind Pharisee says once, cleanse the inside of the cup and the outside will be cleansed as well. Namely, that... What comes out of us is the issue, not something on the outside. So Jesus himself could get angry at times. You know, St. Paul himself could get angry, especially when he was wrestling with some of the communities that he founded, whom he loved dearly, but they weren't perfect, like you and me. They weren't perfect. And sometimes they reverted to past practices that he had come to free them of in light of their relationship to Jesus Christ. And so one of the famous ones is in the letter to the Galatians, where he says, you stupid Galatians, (laughs) who has bewitched you? Um, You want to go back to, 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 to Jewish practices? 
You know, when I've come to say that it's faith in Christ Jesus that saves you stupid Galatians, you know, he could get very angry. You know? So you see, anger has a place. It has a place in life. Sometimes people can be so afraid of it that they bury it. The trouble is it doesn't stay buried. It will come out. It will come out. Uh, So therefore, anger isn't always a sign of hatred. It's not always a sign of of disdain or distrust. It's, It's not opposed to love necessarily. I was visiting a family uh, once, and they had a, a very young son, their first child, who uh, already at two had developed his will, you know. Um, and uh, so we came to the table, and the little boy loved his spaghetti, but what his mother put in front of him wasn't. It looked like spaghetti, but it wasn't. So he promptly showed his displeasure by taking the plate and tossing it on the floor. His father looks at him and he says, My dear son, you will never, ever do that again. Now for the wooden spoon. <laughs> and immediately howls of protest and fear. And, you know, this is the end of the world, you know. His father says, Come with me. You know, and so father and son go off to the kitchen where a little bit of the wooden spoon was applied to his well-padded backside. You know, and, um, and he came back and he was fine. Sat down, it was all over. It was all done. You know? um, so anger is a very useful thing if it's properly understood and properly used. So anger can be very righteous. Okay, sometimes... It's a response to something wrong or unjust that is happening. The federal government of the United States is making a a push against the consciences of many believers, including Catholics, with regard to uh, um, health and human services uh, department mandates regarding uh, providing insurance in areas that are contrary to conscience. Um, The Little Sisters of the Poor, they have a house here in St. Paul, well, this is the poor have sued the federal government over it, you know, and their case is, was recent, was just heard last Monday, you know. But there's a there's a place to get angry, you know. There's a there's a legitimate place, you know, um, to say this is not right, this is not right, you know, to be able to say, you know, in one kind of language or another, depending upon your preference for language, you know. Um, to be able to say, this is wrong. This is wrong. You have no right to coerce our consciences by, by imposing this. You have no right to do that. You know? um, and so anger can be righteous you know, when it has to do with something that's unjust. And this is a good point <clears throat> here. Often we are not angry enough in the right way. Often we have imbibed a false sense of Christianity which says anger is to be pushed down, you know, in all circumstances, in all times, in all places. You know? uh, and oftentimes you don't get angry enough. You know? And so, you know, I've, I've talked to people, I'm sure you have, over this issue of HHS mandates, you know, and sometimes people will say, well, you know, that's just the way it is and it's too bad. 
You know? Hell no! It's not right! You know? It's not right. It's not right. You know? So anger can be used in that kind of way. You know? um, oftentimes you don't get angry enough, you know? uh, at especially injustice done to others, especially to the defenseless. Uh, people who are mocked in offices and schools and situations that we are part of, you know, and um, schools, you know, I mean, how many people are abused verbally in schools, you know, and, and we can just pass it by, you know. So anger can be very, very just, you know, especially when something is wrong. Sometimes you get angry because you need to do something and somebody's keeping you from it. You know, now the example they give here is, is, you know, I'm taking my mother to the hospital and she was exhibiting heart attack symptoms, you know, and, and the stupid traffic is, is stuck because somebody is too slow and making a turn. And you want to roll down the window and say, would you hurry up? You know, well, sometimes, you know, I... I, I just need to do something, you know, and there's an obstacle to it. There's an objection to it. Sometimes that happens as well. Um, but when it comes under a certain kind of order, anger can be very, very, very good. And as I say, that phrase there, slow to anger, is one of the major clues. You know, uh, it, as you handle angry situations, or you deal with angry people, you know, um, slow to anger. There's a phrase from Exodus 34 where, where God reveals himself to Moses and he says, uh, you know, the, the Lord, the Lord, gracious to the thousands generation, slow to anger, slow to anger, but not punishing the, guilt, uh, the guiltless, uh, the guilty rather, not failing to punish the guilty. So like God, you know, there's a, there's a, a, a slowness to it all. Just like the, the, the fellow with the, with the young son, you know. He didn't carry on and yell and scream. He just looked at his son. I could still see him. Oh, my dear son, you will never, ever do that again. <laughs> oh, it was marvelous. It was quite a scene. It was quite a scene. Um, unrighteous anger is, of course, when we're trying to get our own way and... Um, and we don't want others to block our pursuit of the self. You know? And so it can be anger out of control. We can't have what we want, and therefore we get angry over it. Children often do that, right? And that's their response. You know, when they can't have what they want, at times you know, they just kind of rage. You know? And you've all heard, perhaps on airplanes, infants who are in a rage. And it, it, can, it can drown the whole plane out, actually. It's so powerful. They've got such a powerful set of lungs. You know, they can just howl, you know, in rage, you know. Con- faces contorted with fury, fury, you know. You think, what are you so angry about? They wouldn't understand the question, but, oh, my goodness, you see the power of it. You see the, you see the power of it. And, um, and so it's, it's something that's a part of our human experience, um, I think, and this is not in your outline, but I think there's a, there's a truth about this in our own time. Wouldn't you say that an awful lot of people are very angry? So it seems. You know? A lot of people are very angry. You know? 
Um, certainly when you do evangelization or when you do um, kind of a you get, you get a counseling relationship going or something you realize that some people that a lot of people are just angry you know they're ready to 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 to, to blow you know um, you know if the plane is if it was too slow and disembarking from the plane, you know. You know, uh, there's a there's a lot of anger out there. And I wonder if I don't know what you think about this, but I wonder if one of the reasons might be, you know, that that the culture is very, very, very disappointing. And I think there are a lot of people who are very angry about it. You know? Yes, they live it. They, they eat it, they drink it, it's in the social media, it's in the movies, it's on it's the computer, and they eat it, drink it, they live in it, but it's not very satisfying. <coughs> Pardon me. And I think there's um, a lot of people that, that just seem to me to be very angry people. I was a, as a spiritual director once, Met with this fellow, who was uh, was doing was do, doing well, and so we started our our uh, meetings of spiritual direction, and um, so I would say I said to him, well, well, just tell me about yourself, you know, whatever you want to say, just tell me about yourself, you know. So he started, and about ten minutes into it, I realized I was listening to a very angry man, you know, he had nothing but negativities about this and contempt for that and disappointments in this and you know, my father and mother you know screwed up and, and, and all the rest you know I realized I was listening to a very angry man and I think that <clears throat> evangelization at our own time you're going to confront that you're going to confront more and more angry people you know, because there's something about the culture which is, for all of its titillations, is very unsatisfying. And, and people feel cheated. I think, I think there's a, a sense sometimes that people feel very cheated about life, despite all the toys that we accumulate. You know? Cheated about life. You know? Now, as Christians, we have an insight into that. Yes, and perhaps their feeling cheated is a very proper reaction. Probably being angry is probably a very proper reaction to it. You know? Um, and until that you can break through to a relationship that, that, that comes to your heart and begins to, begins to fill you with, with, with meaning and joy, you know, um, you know, it can be very, very disappointing, you know, very disappointing. Um, and so things like road rage, for example. I don't know whether you have road rage in Minnesota. Do you have road rage in Minnesota? Not in Minnesota. Not in Minnesota. Okay, all right. Wisconsin. All right, Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, Chicago. Yeah, there's certainly road rage in Chicago. There's lots of road rage in New Jersey. You know, um, um, and it simply is out of control. You know? It simply is out of control. Um, so. I do think that in the evangelization of our own time, it's going to be, uh, we're going to confront that a whole lot. And that's why to come to understand what it is and how we can respond to anger within ourselves as well as with other persons, I think we have a certain advantage in being able to, de to defuse other people's anger. 
it, it's, it's a spiritual gift. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit, no doubt about it. Some people do it very well. You know, but there's, there's a place for that in, in modern life, which perhaps might not have been there at another time or place. So how to ang- handle our anger in difficult situations? Well, uh, suppression may be called for. You know, I would like to punch you right in the nose, you know, but since I have vestments on, you know, <laughs> uh, I am going to look at you and say, nice to meet you, brother. How are you? <laughs> you know? So suppression is oftentimes required in life, I'm sorry to say, you know, um, but repression is not. You know the difference, perhaps. You know, repression is simply pushing something down with no effective way of dealing with it. You know, and it may work for a while. And then all of a sudden, perhaps you've done this yourself, you perhaps have met people, all of a sudden the simplest thing, and there's this volcanic explosion, you know? Um, and you wonder, where did that come from? You know? Well, probably because there was, there's anger there that was not maybe suppressed for a particular reason, a situation, standing in mass outside my vestments, you know? You know and, um, but repression is something very, very different. Rather, it's response. It's response. And sometimes what, what uh, I feel often is helpful is, is, is to say to people, tell me, tell me, you know? So when people are angry with you, you know, or angry about something, you know, and you don't know what, what's, what's going on here. Why is this person angry at that with me? You know, I have no idea why. Oftentimes it's very helpful to say, well, tell me. You know, can you tell me something about it? Sure, I'll tell you something about it. And off they go to the races, you know. But you have at least tapped into something which is very, very real. For ourselves, we need to decide, am I angry because I'm not getting my own way? What do you mean, brother? You didn't say what I wanted you to say. You didn't give me what I wanted you to give me. You know, uh, uh, is that why I'm angry? Because I can't have my own way? One of the sins I would frequently, thanks be to God, less so now, but frequently a sin in my life is is that I I can give people the... um, the correct answer, but not the charitable one. Do you ever know what that is? You know, yeah, you say the right thing, but <laughs> underneath it is not um, is not let me listen to you, brother or sister. You know, but it's rather. And so I would confess it frequently because it's wrong, and there's no excuse for it. I had no excuse for it. But one of the effects of the sacrament of penance is that it helps you to get beneath the sins you confess into their, their roots, you know? Am I saying that word right? Roots? Roots, is that right? Okay. To get beneath then, you know? And so one day, after confession, the, the Lord just simply said to me, the reason why you, give, you do that to people is because you don't want to be interrupted. And when people do that, we don't like it. So, so you give them the correct answer, I'll be gone. <laughs> you know? uh, it's because you don't want to be interrupted. The fault isn't theirs. The fault is yours. Oh. 
Okay. So let me start to try and do something about that. So we should decide on whether anger is justified or just trying to get our own way or bothered by something. You know, sometimes the slowness is very important. But you know, sometimes you simply have to let it go. You know, this person annoys the dickens out of me, you know, and I would like to, to in, somehow indicate that to that person, you know. But, but you know, the reason they're annoying is really has nothing to do with something that's wrong with them. They maybe are under stress themselves. Or, you just have to let it go. And that's where forgiveness is so crucial. As you know, it's one of the basic tools in your toolbox to live the Christian life is, is, is forgiveness. It's coming ever more deeply to be able to forgive so that you can allow the person you know, to express themselves even in a way that doesn't please you. you know? We should also let it go if we can't do anything constructive with it. That's very sage and wise and scriptural advice. If it's justifiable or at least acceptable, we want to say it in um, an acceptable way. So you don't want to curse and swear, you know, and yell and scream, you know, and tear your hair, you know, or something like that. Um, because one of the things about anger is that it can lead to something very good. Namely, it can lead to persistence. Persistence. I've not done very much car repair in my life, but I know somebody very, very knew somebody very well for whom car repair was an incessant call to fury. <laughs> uh, no matter what happened, you know, the thing didn't go right, and know and you know wrenches would go flying and words would go flying you know um, and um, but I knew somebody else who was a, a car mechanic so he had to do this for a living and he had the fattest pudgiest hands I've ever seen on a man so you think something which definitely does not get you ready to do car repairs where you have to put a screw in or get things in there but he channeled his frustrations and anger into persistence. And he'd take those pudgy, fat little hands of his and he would go in and in and in and in and finally get it. And so anger can be channeled very constructively oftentimes into persistence. All right, so I don't do this well. Make a fool of myself on the athletic field. No, but I'm going to persist until I get it right. That's a very good way to, hang, to handle the power of anger, is to channel it into persistence. You know, Lord, I need to be persistent. And so it can be something physical, but it also can be something moral. You know? I have a weakness for certain kinds of sin in my life, you know, and I can feel, get very upset about it, and, you know, why do I do this, and, you know, I'm really a turkey, you know, and other things, kinds of things we say in New Jersey, you know, um, we frequently say to people, you turkey, you know. Um, um, uh, but if, if anger can go into persistence, then you say, no, Lord, I'm going to work at this until it yields because you want that for me and I need to channel my anger to make that happen. And then you see your anger in a 
very, very positive way. And then it becomes an ally to you and not something that's waiting to explode like Mount Vesuvius. And so um, oftentimes uh, anger has to do with our personal relationships, obviously, you know. Um, and sometimes the, the best way to use your anger is to actually want to know, you know, and to say to a person, you know, this, your behavior, your whatever, 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 really, I, it just, I, just can't, I just can't abide that. Can, can you tell me, you know, am I missing something? Can you tell me something about it? You know, oftentimes, uh, uh, if we settle things with people on that way, they, they realize that, that we are persons they can talk to. And better yet, they realize that we are persons they can be angry with, and we will not walk away. That's a real prize. For somebody to know that they can be angry with you, and you won't walk away, or you won't uncork, you know, or you won't talk about their great-grandparents, or whatever in not a nice way. More generally speaking, um, this sense of anger, of course, comes from the, the fall, doesn't it? It comes from Adam and Eve. You know, the, the, uh, the fruit of their choice was to place the human race in an adversarial position with regard to God. And they themselves realize that. And so a lot of anger... A lot of anger comes from serious disappointments over something. Sometimes I've talked with um, um, brothers and sisters in, in other Christian communions, and sometimes they can be very angry with Catholics, very angry, you know, and, and lash out. You, know? you listen to it and you say, "What's going on here?" You know. And sometimes I think they're just disappointed over the Reformation. You know that the whole bloody thing, if the Catholic Church had done, its, done things right, this wouldn't have happened, and we are not happy with you 400 years later. And so it's sometimes anger is from, from disappointments. Oftentimes as you deal with people who are angry, you'll find that they've been hurt inside or disappointed. Maybe it's, it's a parental relationship. Maybe it's a sibling relationship. Maybe it's abuse of one kind or another. And they're furious because there's a hurt there. There's something that's a hurt there. And if you can be patient with them and say, you can talk to me about that if you like. I'll I'll listen. I'll listen. And let them rant on and on you often perform a marvelously charitable service. Resentments. Those are the things that last. You know, um, uh, the grudges you know, that can happen in life, right? Yes. Grudges, yes, yes. We had an Irish pastor in Boston and it's a very odd sense of humor. And he said... He said, do you know what Irish Alzheimer's is? I said, no. He said, it's when you forget everything but the grudges. <laughs> so, uh, um, the resentments. 
and you know how they fester inside our hearts. And every one of us here, perhaps without exception, has known them. Resentments. And the scripture says that sometimes you have to be able to forgive yourself for the resentments that you carry in order to get them, get a distance between you and them. Part of the problem with anger is that it can kind of bring people face to face. And if you can create a little distance, sometimes with your own sense of disappointments or resentments, you're able to handle them in a way that conforms to Holy Scripture and that shows the power of Scripture. And finally, uh, one of the things that we use, we use um, they use the word here, um, uh, pressure, but we use the word stress, right? That's our word. I'm stressed. I'm stressed. Oh, I'm stressed. You, know, you hear it all the time. And so sometimes uh, the lack of order in our lives uh, brings us to anger because we are stressed, you know, but stressed because there isn't the proper kind of order in our lives. And so I think I want to stop there and go on and on, talk about this. But I'd like to invite you now to, uh, to share with me what, what, what do you see in this anger? Do you have questions about it? Um, yeah? Is jealousy a type of anger? It can become that. But sometimes um, my confessional practice, for example, is when people confess jealousy, is I usually say to them, you know, I think jealousy kind of comes with the territory, you know? I mean, we all want something somebody else has, you know, some talent, some skill, you know, some toy or whatever, you know. I just say to them, you know, be careful that it doesn't go over the frontier to envy. Then I think anger comes in because then in envy, you don't want the person to have what they have. You see, you want to see them deprived of what they have so you can have it, that kind of stuff. But jealousy, I kind of think it's part of the territory, you know. And as, as your Christian life unfolds and you get stronger in it and it gets broader because the Christian life is going to grow in you to become wider, not narrower, you know, the more you'll, you'll see where jealousy really belongs. And you say, hmm, nah. Um, but yeah, it can degenerate to that. Other thoughts? Come on, Peter. How would you specifically define resentment? Because I want to be able to identify it. Well, it's, it's, a, it's, it's an emotion. There's the word uh, sentire, to feel, in the word, resentment. There's the Latin, the word to feel. Uh, so it's a feeling, and it's, it's a kind of feeling which is, which is um, negative, a kind of feeling which is protesting, a kind of feeling which is unpeaceable. You, you can recognize all those things in yourself as you resent you know, people and places and things, you know. You might even resent sitting here tonight, you know. There might be resentment. That's kind of commonplace. Um, I've lived with it most of my life, you know, so you just don't see it. Oh, it's nice to see you. <laughs> yes, but resentment, so resentment has the sense of a, of a very strong feeling which is negative, contrary, um, and it's, it's a protest in us against something we don't like or somebody we don't like, or some action we don't like. 
Um, so it carries, it carries a strong emotional push to it, uh, depending upon your own you know, emotional volatility. You know, some of you are more emotionally volatile than others. But it carries that sense of negativity. I don't like something which has been said, done to me by somebody else. And I carry that. And I can feel that. I can feel that. Can't you? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I can think of people with whom I've had difficulties over my life, and I can feel that resentment, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, wants to bubble around. So, and what I do is I go to the scripture and I say, you know, Lord, forgive her or him. Lord, I want to be at peace with that person. And Philip, just calm down, okay? All right, just calm down. But that's, I think, what resentment is. It's a powerful, corrosive. Um, it's toxic, and it's powerfully corrosive um, in our relationships, in our relationships. Other thoughts? Well, um, you mentioned uh, often we are afraid of anger, and so we, we bury it. Um, would you say that um, in terms of like righteous anger, that it, it's, it's often because we don't know what like, like true justice, I guess, and like what we're, like a, a good way to express, express it righteously? Because I know I'll, often I'll, I'll express something and I'll think that it's like for like the good of somebody else, but really it's just because I'm like, you know, Pissed off. Yeah. Pissed off. So, yeah. yeah. Would you say that? Uh, yes, I think that's. I think that's very true. I think that there is that. Um, we often don't quite know what to do with this, with these feelings inside us, and and so when we don't quite know what to do, we think the better place is to simply push them um, around. But sometimes we just don't know what to do. You know. Um, um, I have a dear friend who's, one, who's a little sister of the poor, and um, so she's t been telling me about the, the, this case and how it's been going on, you know, and as she tells me about it, I just keep start to boil inside, you know? You know, you know? So I responded to her, and I was angry, you know? And I responded to her by a, a sentence. I mean, it was acceptable English, but it, it shocked her, she says, Oh my goodness! I've never heard you say that before. You know, um, I just didn't know what to do, but I want to say something to her about the situation that her community is facing. You know, they could be put out of business. You know, this is not this is not fun and games. You know, if the if, if the federal government chooses to move against them um, and they refuse to offer insurance on their own dime. Or, or pushing it off to a third party, but they're actually still the persons involved, they could go out of business. You know, they could simply revoke their license. Um, there are 30 homes in the United States. You know? this, this is not fun and games. This is, we're, we're, we're on our way here. You know? But sometimes you don't know quite what to do. And um, um, so part of, of experience, I think, in life is you, you learn different ways of responding. Um, and it's okay to say to somebody, you know, I don't like what you said. I don't quite know what to do about it or how to handle it, but you need to know that. You know? So, yeah. There's a quote here from St. John Chrysostom uh, where it says, He who is angry when he has caused to be sins, for unreasonable patience is the hotbed of many vices. Where is right? that? Uh, that's on 
the point two righteous anger B, when anger is righteous. Uh, the quote there, I didn't quite understand the the, the, the second part of the, of the quote, um, especially the sentence where it says, he who is angry when he has cause to be sins. Yeah, I don't know what he means by that either. Uh, he may mean an over overreaction to things. You know, I could mean that. I think it's a typo. It's supposed to be he who is not angry when he has cause to be sins. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. Great. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Other thoughts, please. Um, so Can I turn I, this thing on? Yeah. Okay. Um, I have a question. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to 